looking at Daniel, uh, not, not any of his dreams or anything. We're just going to be looking at the life of Daniel and uh, his character on how he lived while he was in captivity from the, with the Babylonians. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, backtracking first and uh, read a little bit of why Daniel is in the situation that he's in. I think it plays a pretty big role to the lesson this afternoon. In 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 36 and 37, it says, Jehoiakim was 20 and 5 years old when he began when he began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebuda, the daughter of Padiah of Rumah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. In chapter 24 it says, In his days... Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him, and the Lord sent against his, him bands of the Chaldees, bands of the Assyrians, bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by his servant the prophet. Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of, out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh, Manasseh according to all that he did and also for the innocent blood that he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood which the Lord would not pardon. Um, th- there's several kings uh, throughout Judah's history, uh, over the 20-something of them that they had, uh, maybe not quite 20, over half of them were evil. And that's something that w- you look out through the, through the Old Testament, it's just reoccurring. They would have one good king for every two or three bad ones. But for some reason, uh, and I'm not, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, Braun corrected me several times, but I call him Manasseh. Or Manasseh, Manasseh, I think is what I said. She said it's Manasseh. But anyway, he's one of the few kings that we see that the Lord would not, God would not pardon his sin. And so that's, this is the reason that the children of Israel get taken away to Babylon. And this land that they uh, get taken away to is the land of Shinar, which I think is kind of funny. It's, it's the same land that, that the, the Tower of Babel was made at. Uh, just south of it was the land of Ur that, that Abram came from. So he's, not only is he getting them out of Jerusalem, but he's mad enough at them that he's going to send them back to the one place that he took them from from the very beginning. And uh, I like to think that God has somewhat of a sense of humor. Most of us in here do, and we're made in his image. So I'm assuming that, you know, I, I found that kind of interesting. Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men. For all that, for that all have sinned. In 1 John 2 and 16 it says, For all that, that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The reason that Daniel is in the predicament that he is in is because of sin. Daniel did nothing to deserve his outcome. 
And many of us in here don't deserve some of the outcomes that we face in life. It's because of sin from other people that changes the course of life for us. Well, let's begin in Daniel chapter 1. If you want to follow along in your Bible, I encourage you to do so. Daniel has a very good story of, uh, of his service to the kings of Babylon. I think uh, throughout his time, he ended up serving three or four of them. Uh, but he was always a faithful servant. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the third year, the reign of the Jehoiakim king of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand with parts of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, a skillful in all wisdom, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as have the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach and learn, teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily portion, provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hanai, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the eunuchs gave, gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. But we see as soon as Daniel is, is taken prisoner by the Babylonians, he began to be converted, as you would say. Uh, they gave him Babylonian clothes, gave him Babylonian names. They, the Babylonians, I believe, had some, uh, at least 15 gods. There's a lot of different uh, opinions on all the different gods they had, but they had a bunch of them. And so you're going from uh, being raised up and, and learning the scripture as Daniel and, and his friends were, being of the, the lineage of Daniel or of David, uh, getting brought up and, and, and learning about God. And all of a sudden you're taken captive and, and taken across the desert to Babylon and now you have to learn about 30 other different gods and your name has changed and you wear different clothes and they're, they're indoctrinating them into the Chaldean ways. You know, the, the same thing can happen to us if we put the wrong people in our lives. I know while I was in the military, I did not, I did not run with the best sorts of people. Uh, I mean, I, I was around the, the people that, that I went to combat with, and they weren't necessarily the godliest of people. You know, they were, they were pretty rough. And being around a certain group of people like that that, doesn't, that, that lives in sin, it, it rubs off. 
It, it just it just does. I mean, I, I when I read this, I automatically thought of Lot and how it vexed his soul whenever uh, when he he's at the seas of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, it said that it vexed his soul that that he was there, that he was around those people, and being around ungodly people for us today is no different. It's it's hard to remain faithful whenever you're surrounded by unfaithfulness. 1 Corinthians 15, 30 says, Be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. Uh, whenever I was in high school, my mom, she always asked me who I was, you know, hanging out with. You know, I, I, I'm going out tonight. She's like, all right, well, who all is going to be there? And then I go to naming off names and, you know, she kind of raised an eyebrow and that meant, okay, maybe I shouldn't be around those people. It didn't stop me much, but still, uh, it, it, it's pretty much understood. You know, you, you work, uh, language was really bad in the military. It, curse words were uh, prevalent most of the time. And it's that way in society today in a lot of places. But evil communication does corrupt good manners. How much do you let people influence you? You know, we, we have to live in this world, but we, not, we don't have to be transformed to it. Matthew 15, 17 through 20 says, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly and cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the hearts proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Chapter 23 and 25 through 28 of Matthew says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which was it, is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are likened to whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all of uncleanness. We need to be careful about what comes out of our mouth, what we are around, what, what we absorb into our minds. Once as you put something into your mind, it's very hard to let that thought, especially if it's one that's unclean, to, to keep it back, to keep it out of your, out of your mind and out of your thoughts. You know, I, we hear things, we hear people speak ugly thoughts and people gossip. How hard is it to get that gossip that you just happen to hear out of your mind? How hard is it to, to not dwell on the things that you hear, especially if it is something like gossip, and not to continue to speak those things which are not true? And even if they are true, are you in the position to be speaking them to other people? Like I said, Daniel, he, he put on the clothes, he studied the books, he had his name changed, but he still remained faithful to God, and he wouldn't defile himself.
Along with Daniel's faith, he also remained humble. Um, something that I, I'm personally not very very well at, good at, but uh, Daniel remained humble. No matter what king of Babylon he was serving at the time, uh, he humbled himself before that king. Uh, he did not boast. Uh, God uh, gave him gifts of understanding. He made him to where he could understand a whole world of things, interpret dreams. And throughout all that, he remained hum humble. Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 through 14, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of, of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your face worse, liking than liking then the children which are of your sort. Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servant, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat, which is vegetables, and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servant. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. Daniel, he, he was willing to work with the eunuchs. Um, he, didn't, he didn't want to violate his conscience. You know, even after the ten days, um, if the outcome wasn't in his favor, he was willing to do as they requested. We're going to go ahead and skip to... Uh, Chapter 2, and verses 27 through 30, it says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret of which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the, unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy vision of thy head upon the, thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter. And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for the sakes, of that, for the sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king. And thou that mayest know the thoughts of my, thy heart. Even at this point, Daniel is about to interpret the the second the second dream for ne or the first one for Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he didn't take any credit for it. Nebuchadnezzar told him, said, "Hey, listen, this is my dream. You'll tell me what my dream is, and then you're going to interpret it, or you're all going to die." And Daniel went before the Lord in prayer. Him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they prayed to God, and God revealed the dream to him. See, it wasn't for anything that Daniel did, he, and he did not take any credit for it. But he humbled himself not only before God and giving him thanks, but also before the king, saying, listen, I didn't do anything. I was just laying in bed, and, you know, it just came to me. A very humble servant. Next, we're going to go into Daniel chapter 5. Uh, Daniel's being called in by uh, Belshazzar. 
uh, to read the handwriting on the wall. If you'll remember the story, the uh, Belshazzar and his princes and uh, his wives and his concubines, they were all partying inside the castle and they were drinking out of the cups uh, uh, from Jerusalem that were taken captive out of the out of the courts and anyway as they're partying and drinking all of a sudden he sees this handwriting that starts writing on the wall he wants to know the interpretation of it and so Daniel's called in and uh, asked if he could read the handwriting on the wall Daniel 5, 16 and 17 says and I have heard of thee that thou canst make its interpretation and dissolve doubts now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy reward to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. He humbled himself, he turned down gifts. Uh, very seldom do we see people give glory to God for a gift that they have. You know, I've, I've known a lot of uh, a lot of very athletic people in my life. I mean, uh, strength, speed, uh, reflexes, just, I mean, lightning quick reflexes. And very seldom do you ever see anybody, any of the ones that I knew anyway, give God any of the glory for the gift that they have. Um, Daniel always remained humble. And that's something that we don't see very often in society today. And throughout all of it, not only did he remain humble, but he never did compromise his faith. 1 Peter 2, 13 and 17 says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing he may, may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of malishness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. You can take the word king there at the end and put president in there. In our country right now, there's very few people that are honoring our president, honoring our country, the constitution that, that we hold dear and that we live by. There's, uh, there's many men and women throughout the brotherhood that took an oath at one time or another. Um, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the constitution of the United States and I'll follow the words of the president and those officers that are appointed over me. It went something like that. I'll bear true faith and allegiance to the same. According to the Uniform Code of Military Justice. We have senators that take that same oath. They leave off the part about the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Um, our congressmen and women that serve us they take the same oath. But we don't see them upholding that constitution. We see them trying to tear it down. No, other than that oath that we have for this land, we have a greater oath as Christians. 
and that is to honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. 1 Peter 1, 14 and 15 says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In all manner of conversation. I include uh, Facebook and Twitter in that all. I don't know if that's is or not, but I fear that's conversation. That's conversation with the whole world. Are you holy in all forms of conversation that you have with people that are around about you? Whenever you put your thoughts and your ideas out there for others to hear and to listen to, does it honor God in what you say? Or does it cut down others, those that are pointed over you? You know, it's we're tested day in and day out as Christians. And we have to be very careful with the words that come out of our mouth because those are the ones that defile us. And we need to be careful with, with what we say because, you know, you can, you know, put out there on Facebook, you know, I hate this, and somebody can say, oh, you know, he's he's angry, he's mad. And, you know, you put, uh, you know, you can say, oh, you know, that's, I hate that, or I hate that, it's awful, you know. People read into our words whenever there's not really much to read into, and they, they put words into your mouth. It's, we need to be careful with our conversation. Next, we see Daniel being tested, really his, his faith being tested and tried. Uh, he's thrown into the lion's den, uh, a story that, most of us are very, very familiar with uh, King in uh, chapter 6 of Daniel. Uh, Daniel was, he was put over uh, King Neb, uh, Belshazzar, the king of Babylon. He put princes over all of his country, in the country that he had reigned all the way, almost all the way to Egypt to the Euphrates. So from the Nile to the Euphrates is his, and even east of the Euphrates uh, into present-day Iran. So he divides it up into his princesses, and he says, y'all govern it. And over those 120 princesses, he, t he takes uh, three presidents. Daniel's one of those presidents. And throughout his whole time, he couldn't find... They, uh, he, he, was, he, was a good, he was a good leader. He made all the right choices. You know, he, he directed... Uh, the provinces that he was he was over and everything in a way that was very uh, very good, and the king wanted to promote him to make him over everything, and none of the rest of them liked it. And so anyway, they they tried to find the accusation against him to get him fired or get him killed or whatever. They couldn't find anything, and so they had the king set out a decree saying that you cannot pray to any other god, any of your gods, except for the king. And so the decree went out, and, you know, the, the, the funny thing is about all these people, they knew exactly how to get Daniel. Because they take a holy man and say, listen, we we got to get him out of here. You know, he's going to end up ruling all of us, and he's not even one of us. He's of the captives. we got to come up with something, and it was very simple for them. 
get him in the one place where we know that he will not waver, and that is with his God. And so in chapter 6, we read about this story, and the punishment for praying within those 30 days was to be thrown into the lion's den. As the story goes, Daniel is thrown in there, and he, the God closes up the mouths of the lions. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths. They have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocence was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Daniel never did anything wrong, and God praised him for it. God saved him for it. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, Daniel didn't conform to this world. He didn't conform to the king of Babylon. No matter what he did, he served God. It didn't matter what, what was going on around about him, what the king decided to make a decree for, how he wanted to change the laws to hurt him, how the odds were against him, how they were stacked. It was, it's unimaginable. But no matter what, he did not waver. We live in a world of idolatry. It's not any different than the world that Daniel was in. We just have somebody different as our president than what Daniel had. You know, no matter what we do, we cannot waver with our faith. We need to stay true to what we believe in. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.